0: welcome to the closing time podcast for the week of september 22nd 2019 i'm joe McGuire. she is abby bro Uh, yesterday i played in a a wiffle ball charity tournament and uh, my entire body no absolutely aches right now wow i don't know if you noticed how i was walking before no i didn't I was more of a waddle
1: what position do you play
0: um i pitch mostly but i also played a little outfield had a bunch of hits we yeah. won a game this year we had never won a game before the steve Hack memorial fund uh and, and it benefits a kid at maloney high school in meriden yeah uh, in honor of a friend of ours steve Hack, who passed away uh and was a big wiffle ball fan and, yeah and oh it that's just great. happens to work out but boy at 44 right. like eight <laughs> games of wiffle ball in a day Wow! My wife was right.
1: Yeah. Well, Good. I that that's wonderful you do that. Yesterday, I um, had a morning of showings, but then I cleaned the garage.
0: Oh wow! Yes, that's and it great. Was
1: so satisfying. Um, but I too am sore because of that.
0: <laughs> I hope my wife doesn't find out you clean your garage because she <laughs> she was all over me about not having cleaned the garage and it's... then having gone to play wiffle ball. Oh so. no!
1: Oh no! Well, maybe today. Uh, but today actually i have a couple showings in bristol and i wanted to give a little bit of a tip with the fall festivals coming this year they could be pretty disruptive in the communities that you might actually be doing business in very true yes so i was listening to the radio and they said that the fall festival in bristol is today so i was like oh i better look that up because i have like 10 or 12 showings (laughs) like ridiculous amounts of showings um And I I looked at my route and yes, I will be affected. So I had to do like a plan B, but I'm so happy I did that. Yeah. So I wanted to throw that out there. Another tip because the fall festivals in your favor, if you have a house on the market and a fall festival will be happening on on an upcoming weekend, plan an open house and get your signs out there for, you know, three days, just throw them up there. (laughs)
0: <laughs> we are going to offer up some uh, open house tips. Yeah, and that's one of them. I know you're all about it. It, it just makes sense. Uh, yeah. You know, you don't necessarily want to be the uh, the headliner, but if no. you could be the warm-up act for someone heading out. That's, yeah. that's really good, too. Yeah,
1: so anyway, so fall festivals, uh, working for you or against you. There you go.
0: So there we go. Some tips right off the top. We'll take a look now at a couple of big stories uh, that are making waves here in the real estate world. IBM is suing Zillow over multiple charges of patent infringement. Uh, Now, IBM uh, in in this suit essentially is saying that Zillow built its back off of IBM's work. Mm -hmm. IBM in the suit says they reached out to Zillow to negotiate over the use of patent technology in 2016. But over the course of the past three years, uh, Zillow basically is just dodging them. Uh, taking in the information and then not doing anything about it. Now, of course, a Zillow spokesperson says the claims are without merit. (laughs) Right. That's what everybody always says. Yep,
1: NAR, Zillow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) These are without
0: merit. Well, somebody thought they were because the way court works is if they don't find the claims to be without merit, they would throw the case out. Right. So the case would have already been over. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now, IBM uh obviously is a, is a huge company I'm not surprised <laughs> that a lot of the technology Zillow's using has come from them but Zillow you know we talk about Zillow a lot on this show they they tend to get a bad rap mm-hmm. and and a lot of it's their own doing and this probably isn't helping their cause any you know right
1: right recently in the last couple of weeks i've seen a lot of that meme um the A in Zillow means accuracy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe it also means accountability. Oh man, yeah. I don't think I saw that no? meme, but that's it's brilliant. A good
1: one. It would be a good tattoo. Oh
0: <laughs> tag me in that. I want that. That you got is it. hilarious. You got it. Um yeah, I mean just a couple of weeks ago too, we were talking about how uh, one of the uh, top um, one of the top guys at MSNB or C N B C rather was talking about how their business model is flawed and terrible. Yeah. So,
1: but I, like I said in that episode, I I feel like they got something more up their sleeve.
0: They probably do. But I guess this isn't bad either. I guess, um, you know, any news is good news. Sure. Um, Now, we were just talking about this uh, just because obviously laws in every state are a little bit different. But um, a home in New York State is on the market right now for $1.9 million. It's a very well known home. Uh, in part because it made global headlines in the 80s when a Wall Street bonder bought the Nyack New York house and found out its former owner uh, had not disclosed that it was full of ghosts and poltergeists.
1: And poltergeists.
0: Now. Wow. <laughs> Those are the scary
1: ones. Yes.
0: Right? Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, so now. Like, four or five other people have lived there since then, by the way. And no one has experienced the problems that that guy did.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. Hmm. So, but in New York State, you have to actually uh, put that in disclosures if there are ghosts or poltergeists. Right. And it was because of that lawsuit.
1: Oh, I didn't realize it was because of this. Yeah. That is so silly. Yes. So just because this guy did copious amounts of drugs in the 80s. Now all of New York State has to disclose that there is possible ghost and or poltergeist.
0: Um, <laughs> you know, I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, jeez, the timeline the timeline adds up there, right? Right. Um, oh, geez. wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that is
1: not the case in Connecticut. We uh, here in Connecticut, we do not have to disclose if there are ghosts.
0: Yeah, well, I, I went and, and saw a, a house in oh. uh, in Cromwell from like the sixteen hundreds mm-hmm. that. Um, My client was. She knew all about the house, and she she was really into it, and Mm -hmm. and sent me a documentary about it, and it was scary. But yeah, nothing on the disclosures, right? Although all throughout the house, I mean, there's um.
1: They were more more or less advertising that it was. Yeah,
0: there were a lot of photos that were like blurred with like the orbs in them, (laughs) like just. And I was like, "Is it your Polaroid camera? Yeah, that's making that happen, or is it ghosts?" But. Anyway, we didn't buy that house.
1: No, but looking at the pictures, we'll post this online. Um,
0: Gorgeous. Yeah,
1: so you can take a look at it yourself. This is beautiful and not at all looking haunted, in my opinion.
0: 15-room Victorian manor right on the Hudson River. Beautiful. $1.9 million is the price tag.
1: Honestly, it looks like a, a steal. Someone needs to buy that now.
0: Yeah. So in nineteen ninety one, uh New York's state Supreme Court ruled the house was haunted. Mm. Um one of the previous or a couple of the previous owners did um walking like tours. Like haunted tours. Like haunting tours. Oh, I yeah. did one of those. Yeah. yeah. Certainly, like in Sleepy uh, Hollow. Yeah. Right. You like your lawyers like, well them and they had they had tours at the house that it was haunted. That's really So funny. it must be haunted. Hilarious. uh yeah what a great story <laughs> uh anyway uh you know we you and i have been uh very much into um becoming better agents and and part of becoming better agents uh this is one of the things we did uh do a podcast uh just a different way to market and kind of go about things yeah uh came across the list of of five things every agent must do to reach the next level uh and, and number one, and this makes the most sense, is to learn to proactively generate leads. Mm-hmm. That's really what this business is all about. The more the more leads you get and the more self-generated leads you get or, or you know, again, where, when someone gives you a referral, it's pretty much in the bank. And you just got to go in there and close the deal.
1: Right. And, uh, you know, whether you buy leads or, you know, you generate them yourselves, um, either way is fine. Obviously, you're making connections and um, helping people. Uh, but I feel that the better way to build my business or the main bread and butter of building my business would be to make connections and, and tap into my sphere and nurture my sphere. Um, I would rather do 12 sphere transactions a year rather than, you know, seven Zillow leads where you perhaps might have to pay 50% out on that, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Where it would equal the same.
0: The sphere of influence thing, I think, is so important. You know, mm-hmm. know, know who your people are and and, and certainly tap into that. Uh, number two, use social media to build and expand your footprint. Uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Reddit. If you're not on all of those, get on them all.
1: Yeah, I just downloaded TikTok.
0: Oh my goodness, really? yeah My kids keep talking about TikTok. Oh,
1: maybe they can give me a crash course. <laughs> I bet you my daughter could. She's yeah. my
0: dad. She said the day, she's like, "Dad, you TikTok?" and I was like, "I don't even know what you're saying." Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right, well see. There you go. That's that's what it's all about. You got to you got to get out there. You that's gotta where get the people out there. are.
1: And it's so funny. I was actually talking to a loan officer and he was saying how he's been advertising on Pinterest and I gave him a weird look. I'm like, "Really?" And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, I never use Pinterest. I'm like, just kidding. I used it when I got married and when I bought a house. Yeah. Hello. Everybody
0: loves Pinterest. That's, yeah. You know That should be on the list. Yeah, that's on the Everybody list. Everybody should be pinning. Just threw it up on my list. Number three, defeat your fears about content creation, especially if you're newer in the business, whether it's putting up so- stuff on social media or using free blogging platforms. Uh, if you can't afford a customized website, you know, get out there wherever you can. But to write a blog or, you know, really to to do anything to sort of set yourself apart mm-hmm. uh, or to or to weigh in with your experiences only builds the brand that you're trying to create. So it's all good.
1: Yeah, there's a fabulous um, realtor, Jessica Martin, up north in the Enfield area. She's great. She blogs every time she has a deal and she'll tell a little story about the people that she helped and. Um, how she was so excited to meet them, and I love reading her blogs. They're really great. Does They're she also have a
0: bee farm? Yes, that's her. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. She's cool. I love her. She's great.
0: Uh, number four, understand your personality and use it to your benefit. Uh, she keeps bees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's kind of her thing. Uh, again, have a brand. Right. Um, I'm kind of a goofball. Yeah. That is uh, sort you of are. my approach to the business. Mm-hmm. I mean, when it comes down to it. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's, I, I try to have fun. I use my personality and that's the way I do business. I find that the other agents are generally charmed by me. Aww. And why wouldn't they be? Agreed. But that's what I do. You, you do things a little different. <laughs> You know? Okay. <laughs> you do them different. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. It's in a good way. But of I course. feel
1: like either way, you whatever you are, you're genuine.
0: You gotta be genuine. That's what it is. That's what people are looking for mm-hmm. in every avenue of your life is genuine. If you're mm-hmm. genuine, it's gonna work out for you. And if you're a realtor and you're genuine, things are really working. I'm gonna go far. Uh, And then finally, optimize your schedule by identifying what's truly important. It's not about getting everything done. It's focusing on the priorities that get you closer to your daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, and lifetime goals. And you should write down your goals. Mm. That way, it's easier to sort of visualize what you got to do and then decide how important something is in a given day. That's huge. One of my favorite realtors in Connecticut uh, missed his son's game for the first time Mm. yesterday and went on Facebook, and he was really lamenting about the fact that he felt like he let the kid down, and somebody was like, you know, you got to remember what's important. He's like, it's the first game I missed. Like, I don't want to miss anymore, but sometimes, you know, sometimes that is going to happen, and it's unfortunate, and thank goodness we live in a time where uh, there's a lot of video.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Right? I mean if you're gonna miss your kid's game, I bet you can get the highlights uh, or, yeah. or even watch the entire thing. So not right. the end of the world. But it really is important to um to not waste time in this business. You know? And I feel like when I we we talked last week about a training program and I remember my the apprenticeship? Yeah, my yeah. my first year in the business, I would go in the office a lot and I would sit down and I would do busy work.
1: And you wouldn't know uh, how to prioritize I wasn't and creating, time block.
0: I wasn't creating leads, you know? I remember yeah. one day just making cold calls, and I made about 10, and they all hung up on me. And, it, it, I mean, it took me like an hour. That's
1: that's cold...
0: That's Because oh, yeah, no. yeah, you got to make 11.
1: The 11th one will talk to you. Is that what it was? <laughs> that's what it is.
0: I was so defeated by 10 that I got up, and I was like, you know, I've been here for like an hour and a half, and I've done nothing. Mm. I felt like I had done nothing but it would still be about eight more years before i realized how to make yeah you know how to make the the best of your time that's that's what's important
1: there are so many like the we should probably talk about the apprenticeship in another episode again kind of go dive deeper into it but i feel like that is so important you're right i mean if you feel like um you're not time blocking effectively the good thing is there's another week next week where you can work and improve on that
0: yeah you know? Well, that's what it's all about, right? Kind of. Well, I think the biggest thing about this is, and I think what makes people successful is you figure out what works, but you don't just rely on that. Mm. You know, if something's working, you want to still stick to it. But I think people who are most successful will still constantly look at other ways to get to get it out there, get their name out there, like TikTok. (laughs) Yeah, you'd never be satisfied. That's that's a great way to go about things. Uh, All right, Uh, so six steps to price the new listing that you're going to get after you've generated all these fantastic After you've
1: made the 11th call. That
0: 11th call, bam. And you signed the
1: new listing. Congratulations.
0: Thank you so much. It's been (laughs) been a big day. Uh, These six steps will really help you in in pricing the listing because obviously when you meet the the seller, they've already kind of got a number in mind a lot of the times. Yep. And it's usually been erroneously created in their head. Based on either something they read or something they just feel in their gut.
1: Based on the A in in Zillow. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
0: Uh, Number one, push the envelope, but have a plan B in place. Because when it comes to listing a house, you got to be aware of the fine line between price to sell and price to keep. Mm. That doesn't mean you want to give away the house, but you certainly want to put yourself in position to do number two. Think multiple. Every listing agent's goal, obviously, is to wake up the next morning to multiple offers. Right, and it happens sometimes, which is also pretty amazing. And it's
1: been happening a lot recently, actually.
0: And even if those offers aren't great, they're offers. Yeah. And with every offer comes a counter offer, and eventually you'll get where you need to be for your buyer. Mm-hmm. So, rather than, rather than put the house out of orbit. Keep it there and see what happens. I think good things generally come with that. Uh, number three, I almost hate to even say this, but I think it happens from time to time. Don't use fake or false data. Who There's, does this? Yeah, well, some agents rely on comps or data from sales that have no relevance.
1: Yeah, Okay.
0: You know, it, sometimes you have a difficult client, and you're having a hard time satisfying that client's needs. And you know, yeah, you may, you may throw a house into your accomplice that doesn't really belong there, just to sort of beef up what what you think they want you to tell them the prices.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, well, that's terrible.
0: It's unfortunate, yeah. and it doesn't help anybody, and it really messes up the entire market. Uh, number four, you want to avoid the monkey see, monkey do. When it comes to finding the best sales price listing for your client, don't fall into that mindset. It's important that you price your listing based on what you believe is the best price and not necessarily what other properties are being listed at. Right. Because those houses are probably going to sit. You can either be in the in the group that sits or you could be in the group that moves.
1: Yeah, I've seen some neighborhoods like that.
0: It's unfortunate. Um, I know one here locally that's just like that. Mm. No, it's not going to work, but... I'll let, I'll let them know eventually. <laughs> Number five, you want to be proactive, not reactive. And you can actually take that bit of advice and apply it to everywhere in life. Uh, our market's in a constant flux. Interest rates up, demand down, demand falls. Prices become stagnant, stagnation hits. And creative and innovative marketing, as well as proactiveness, is what sets you apart. Mm-hmm. So be that person. Don't don't let it happen to you. Just go out there and get it done. And then number six, and I I would almost always put this one in parentheses. Be prepared to walk away from a listing. Why parentheses? Just because I think that's like last resort. there, there there's probably not a lot of reasons why you should walk away from a listing. Mm-hmm. You know I mean unless you've signed like a year long contract and it's gone horribly wrong after two weeks, that may be. I see. I just feel like there's always a way to sort of get get through things.
1: I would never, well, maybe not never, but I would be less likely to walk away from a listing that I've actually already listed if I feel like I can help them. Um, But if I'm going on a listing appointment and I feel from the get-go I'm not going to be able to help them, um, I'm likely to walk away
0: interesting yeah yeah I and mean, again it makes sense if you don't think it's going to work maybe they got the same sense maybe they reluctantly go through with it it's it's not going to be a good experience so yeah. again sometimes the best option is knowing when to walk away but like i said i'd put it in parentheses because Especially if you're new in the business, you're not walking away from anything. No, You're, <laughs> guess you're not. stuck. Yeah. You're stuck with that person that calls you up and screams at you. You're just going to do it.
1: Well, then, uh, not to be a dead horse, but you have to make sure you can help
0: them. Yes. You know?
1: Anyway, yeah. go ahead.
0: Um, all right. So, one of the things that you do, and I think you do extremely well, and it's, it's again, one of those things I've always been reluctant for, and probably because I don't do it right, mm. open houses. Yes how to ensure they're not time wasters. I
1: have so much fun at my open houses.
0: I feel like I've spent so much time in people's living rooms needlessly. Yeah. But as I go through the list, am I doing it right? I think that's the big question. Number one, successful open houses begin with thoughtful preparation. And I notice the effort you put into-
1: Get out of here. Doing an open
0: house, yes. <laughs> I did it again, didn't I? You're amazing like that, but this is what this is why this, this is, is why, why I need to read the scripts. You should read the script number one, but number two, <laughs> why you're so good at what you do?
1: Yeah, because I already know it. You don't you need to tell me know. these top tens.
0: That's right. Well, again, I saw that and I was like, that's what Abby does, mm, and it works. <laughs> so we can talk about it because it works. Yeah. Don't schedule an open house on a day when a when there's a big football game in town, or or you know if you're in Crownwell, don't do it during the master uh, the. Not the Masters, the Traveler's Championship. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, schedule it on a holiday when people are or, or, or on a holiday. You know, anytime don't, people yeah. aren't going to be around you, is not when you want to have an open house.
1: Right. So this, know, is, so this is the opposite of me. So they're saying don't do that. I am saying 100%. If there is a football game, you need to have an open house. If there is a half marathon, you need to have an open house. I had an open house in Cheshire once where the half marathon... Rode, drove or, that ride well i ran would, by ran by that's what you do yeah you, you yeah run. you run
0: mar- you've run marathons oh <laughs> thanks for bringing that up
1: yes <laughs> um but they had to all the runners that participated ran by my open house and whether they stopped or not they still saw that that house is on the market
0: um there was a taste of wallingford big celebration they have every year Mm -hmm. uh and we did an open house and there was about 15 agents yeah at this place where i worked at the time and we were all there at the house it was right on main street in wallingford like a historical house i mean people didn't even necessarily know what was happening right because there was stuff happening all over the road they would just wander in and hey you want to tour the house yeah yeah
1: yeah, you know it's that about how, Yeah, yeah. Hey. So
0: I do not believe in this uh, number I one. I think you're right. Yeah, I'm right. I think you're totally. right. It's it's a it's an. I think what they mean to say is if, for instance, the Travelers Championship. Hmm. I don't know if that would be a good day because it's literally all day, and you know if you were to have an open house.
1: But your sign is up.
0: Your sign is up. With your name on it. I wouldn't have a problem putting a sign up, say, in Crownwell around the Travelers Championship that I was going to do one the next day. You
1: know what I mean? Like after it's over.
0: People have seen your name. They've seen the sign. But they're not going to. I see what you're saying, though. I mean, if there's a big festival in town, or again, in the case of Wallingford, where it was like right there all across Main Street. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to get any more foot traffic than that ever. Yeah. So, why wouldn't you?
1: Well, we have um, laid out the case for both sides.
0: I think we have. Yes. (laughs) So, I guess for number one, just do what you like. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Your choice. Uh, Secondly, you got to plan your advertising and promotion for the open house. You need to know how to get actual prospective buyers and agents to the open house. So, here's some things you should be doing there should be online marketing. Again, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. I think Pinterest is brilliant. Pinterest? I would totally Mm -hmm. go there. Yep. Uh, That's where the people are. That's who you want to come to these houses. (laughs) Broadcast emails. You should send an email to your client and prospect database uh, and every agent in your network all over the place letting them know that you're doing an open house. Do you do that? Sure. Sure. I'm going to take that as a yes. Uh, postcards. You want to send postcards to the neighbors? I think that's a pretty standard one when you uh, when people do open houses.
1: I do. I do door knocking instead.
0: Yeah. Well, take door knocking is even better. Yeah. Uh, you know, noth- nothing better than personally getting in somebody's face. Uh, or, or if you don't have the two
1: hours, spend the the stamp and put it in the mail. Yeah.
0: Either way. Uh, MLS open house announcements make sure you have put that in there there's a lot of agents that are kind of scrolling through to see what is going on mm-hmm. uh, and then signage an open house sign in the front yard uh, you have the electronic sign-in yes talk about that because that thing is awesome well,
1: I th- yeah it's pretty um, great we use it through KB core so it has to be done on a tablet I think actually technically an iPhone um, or an iPad but people just sign in when they get there. It's all electronic, and um, it's great because it goes right into your um, CRM.
0: And how many signs do you put up around your own oh, house?
1: So- oh, um, I think we have you twelve.
0: You do twelve signs. I do, and oh, I go wow.
1: crazy. I will go like five miles to get in front of like. Uh, I usually go to the off ramp, like the lo- the nearest off ramp. So, six ninety one, fifteen ninety one, and I'll like walk under the overpass. <laughs>
0: How long does it take you to lay out your signs? I do
1: it Friday evening. Oh, wow. Like around 7 or so. Okay. And I'll leave them up until Sunday evening. Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. You do well. That's why. Eh, That's smart. Uh, Then number three, you got to manage your open house. First of all, remind your client that their property needs to be clean and ready to go for this event. Mm -hmm. Uh, Completely clean. And no unpleasant smells. And they say candles, stuff like that, masking agents of any sort, are are not good to have. No. Because when people smell scented candles, they're like, are they trying to cover up the set of pet urine? Right. Or something worse.
1: And a lot of people are allergic to things like that, and you just don't want to run that risk. Um, candles give me a migraine, to be honest. Is that right? Yeah, what I like to do is uh, boil some um, citrus in water on the stove. So lemons and then maybe some herbs oh. in like a big pot of, like a nice crockery pot on the stove. Oh, right yeah. on.
0: That's smart. So
1: in the, like now, I would do like cloves and things like that.
0: Yeah. I know people who bake cookies in houses yeah. when they're going to do an open But then house. there's
1: crumbs. Well,
0: I don't mind that yeah i don't mind some crumbs okay
1: because i think it's important it's just as long as they come with cookies
0: <laughs> i think a good open house should have refreshments i yeah, think a, a, yeah. a box of cookies or even some freshly baked cookies especially if there is a smell in the mm-hmm. house right you know that's not the worst idea in the world um and just something to think about uh but don't st- this isn't again this is what i was guilty of don't just stand around or or sit on the family room couch during the open house walk around ask questions about the buyers i would always be like oh do you need some help and they'd be like no i'm just gonna walk around and then i'd feel like an idiot and i would just sort of like hover yeah like you know 20 feet away
1: well that's where the gift of gab comes in yeah you gotta chat them up Je- you know generate some interest or even just if no one's there go outside stand outside <laughs> yeah that's not the... talk to neighbors did
0: I, I ever tell you the time i went out back at an open house and uh i had a nice suit on mm-hmm. loafers the whole nine and i was i went towards the back of the property i wanted to see where their property line ended yeah. you know and i and i was walking and i went around the swing set and i stepped in a dog poo no i did yep <laughs>
1: That's terrible, but I was half expecting you to tell me a story where you've like fell down the back of a mountain, kind of like Tommy (laughs) boy style, (laughs) and you're like holding on to that little root, Uh, like stay strong, little
0: root. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I may may change that story up for next time. That's a better version. (laughs) Uh, Also listen for feedback, both positive and negative, and open house can really give you an opportunity to hear what people think of the home uh, and, and share what they like and don't like about it. Uh, and don't be afraid to tell your client if you get negative feedback about their house. Yeah. I mean, learn how to deliver bad news. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be a Band-Aid, you know, ripper.
1: This is what we found out today. But, and this is great because these things can be remedied. Yeah.
0: that's And that's all you can ask for. It's like, hey, now we know what the problem is. We're going to fix it. Right. Uh, attendees can tell you a lot about what their opinion is as far as why the house hasn't sold. Is it priced too high? Is there something about its appearance that people don't like? Maybe the backyard's too small. Ask them, and I'll bet you they'd be happy to tell you. Because I think if I learned one thing about people that come to open houses, they do have a lot to say.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. They a do lot of it's like talk. I'm just looking.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then finally, be be prepared for the looky loos. You know, the neighbors who come by just to see what's going on inside the house. Don't, don't dismiss those people because, no. you know, oftentimes the buyer of the house is somebody who knew somebody in the neighborhood. Right. So every uh, looky-loo that comes by could be a potential prospect right. that could get somebody into that home.
1: And if you can get, I've done this trick before, if you can get a, a looky-loo, a neighbor, to talk to a potential buyer, oftentimes the neighbor will sell the neighborhood which is really great and then oftentimes that that neighbor is going to want to sell their house and if that person sees how wonderful run your open that open house is they're going to call you yep and then they also have a niece a nephew a a cousin someone who's buying
0: that is so true yep look at all the business you just did there i
1: know brilliant so i know there's just one two three four but we should add a five. Five is the follow-up. Make sure that you, after you capture those leads in your database, you follow up with them and you have a system of follow-up.
0: I had a whole thing from one of the stories we cut today that actually talked about follow-up. Oh, no. And no. No, no. Listen, and the percentages on follow-ups and how bad it is. Yeah. Um, Something like only 30, 38% ever do follow-ups.
1: That's silly. Well, come back. Follow-up with us next week to learn about that.
0: Yeah, we'll have to throw that in there. Yeah, it was yeah. some ridiculous number and I th- cuz I w- you and I were just talking about that like a week ago, just talking I, in the office and I was like, I'm shocked at how many times I do a showing whether I do oh, the feedback yeah. or yeah. not and, and and even if I do the feedback, why wouldn't you still I'm pretty vague. You know what I mean? I'm not like spelling the whole thing out for you. Yeah. Call me up, ask me questions. Did your client not like it or did you not like it? I don't know. Did you actually go? <laughs> right? I mean, ask some questions. Yeah. Do some follow-up. That's how you sell houses. It's so important. And and part of what they were saying is, is the best of the best are the people who do the best follow-ups. Mm. So just something to consider. Yeah, so follow up, follow up with us next week. Right on. Now, yes. here are four reasons we're going to give you uh, for why your buyer clients need to purchase before 2020. These are four great things you could tell them uh, if they're on the fence, they're thinking about waiting.
1: How much? What do we got? We got less than 100 days, right? Yes. We got like 80 days. Yep.
0: So if you're going to do it, you're going to have to do this quick.
1: You got to get them under contract.
0: Number one, take advantage of year-end tax benefits. Now, Mm -hmm. when your clients choose to buy this time of the year instead of next, they're going to see the resulting tax perks sooner. If they wait until next year, they're going to miss out on some of the tax breaks that are only available this year. So uh, always a good idea to buy end of the year, get married end of the year, have kids end of the year. Yeah. Changes all your tax brackets. And now is a good
1: time to put that on your social media. So advertise to your potential buyers that now is the time. And the reason is taxes. Yeah, perfect. A timely ad.
0: Uh, The second big reason, prices are still down in some markets. Analysts uh, say some factors that make the current housing market particularly favorable to people who are ready to buy is because of these depressed prices. As you know, that's not how it works. It's not going to stay like that forever. So,
1: And we're going to be talking about that in terms of uh, those locations in Connecticut in the next
0: Yes, we story. are. And there's some really hot locations mm-hmm. all throughout this state. Uh, number three, mortgage late rates are declining. Uh, probably top of mind concerns for most client buyers. Uh, rates they receive depend on factors both within and outside of their control. So now, again, is a really good time to try to lock in a rate buy yourself a house there's so many benefits and maybe the biggest one although i did read something else about this earlier 2020 is going to bring more uncertainty to the economy half of economists and experts that were surveyed by zillow in late july believe that a recession will occur in 2020 however i just read an article that the other half of the economists are now saying they're right and that the recession is not going to hit until 2021 So congratulations for being right, I guess. But the recession's still coming. It just might not be in 2020. It's probably going to be the next year.
1: Yeah, I've been kind of trying to stay on top of all this stuff, and I feel like there's a lot of different things that that are being said.
0: It's unfortunate, but Mm -hmm. I think it's an inevitability that there's probably going to be a recession
1: but that doesn't mean that it's going to affect the real estate business
0: well and, and i think we talked about that a couple of weeks ago we that most of the signs towards this recession look like it won't affect the housing market yeah
1: the if there's no increase the prices for homes should not
0: decrease right yeah so we should be all right yeah um now great article here from the uh hartford current in connecticut At the close of a sluggish home sale season, there are 10 towns where real estate is blazing hot in Connecticut. Number one on the list being East Granby. I was just up in East Granby the other day.
1: Freshman year of college, my roommate was from East Granby. Is that right? That's all I know of East Granby.
0: Sales are up 53%. That's
1: crazy. In
0: East Granby. The medium home price is up. About three percent now over three hundred and five thousand mm. uh, dollars. Population five thousand two hundred thirty six with a medium household income of eighty eight thousand dollars. Wow. Uh, yeah, East Granby is a really great town. Yeah. And uh, I guess <laughs> you can see why. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a lot totally. to like about that. Uh, one of my favorite towns in Connecticut, and everybody knows it because of the big fair. uh yep. Durham is number two on this list.
1: Durham, I love Durham, despite the fair,
0: <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I haven't gone to the Durham fair in a very long time. Yeah. But yeah, no, I I feel what you're saying. A lot of friends that live in Durham. Uh, sales are up 47% over there. Uh, the house medium price up 4% to uh, just under $315,000. Their population is only 7,322 people. Wow. Yeah. Medium household income is $115,000 a year. Great. Yeah. Uh, Beacon Falls comes in at number three on the list. Nice one of those sort of tucked away towns. Yep. Sales are up 39%. That's
1: technically the valley, right? Yeah.
0: Okay. That is exactly the valley. That is the Uh, valley. The median price is up 47%. The median price wow. was was under two hundred thousand dollars last year. It's at two hundred and eighty five thousand dollars this year. The Valley, yeah, that's you
1: are awesome. looking for a hot spot in
0: the Valley. Medium household income, by the way, and almost eighty five grand.
1: I am. I've spent some time there. It's kind of a smaller community, right? Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's great. I love that.
0: Bethany comes in at number four.
1: Bethany is hot. I've done a lot of business in Bethany.
0: Uh they're up thirty eight percent right now. Yeah. Uh medium home price is just under three hundred and forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Um coming in number five, Middlebury. Okay, which uh which is uh down where my in laws live, uh the and Middlebury Southbury area. That's a really nice area. Where they got Quasi. Yep. Well Lake Quasi Amusement right? Park, always one of my faves. Sales up thirty one percent there. The median price is down a touch, down from, from 290 to 275 but $103,000 median income. I think things are going to be quite all right. I always loved Quasi, by the yeah. way. Such a fun place. Uh, coming at number six on this list is the town of Prospect. Mm-hmm. Sales are up 30%. Medium sale price is up 12%. It had been around 250 It's up to $285,000 uh prospects mayor robert j chatfield is believed to be one of the longest serving chief elected officials in the state he's in his 21st term that's insane people must be very happy in prospect if you've kept the same mayor for all of those years I
1: i wouldn't know but um that would be illogical i would think that yeah Unless God. the
0: town's like being kept under thumb right who yeah. knows should
1: we like There's check a, in on them a, and be like are you guys? okay?
0: Prospect. Guys, just blink if you need blink. help. Yeah. <laughs> uh number seven, one of my all time favorite towns, and uh, it's also the hometown of US Congresswoman Johanna Hayes, mm-hmm. woke it. Sales up twenty eight percent. The median price is up twenty thousand five hundred dollars. Uh, population's up sixteen thousand, which is very impressive.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh coming in at number eight on the list, Nongatok, where sales are up twenty seven percent. My dad
1: says Nugaduk. Nugaduck? Yeah. He grew up in Waterbury.
0: Oh, that's why. Ngaruk. All right. Uh medium price uh stayed flat at hundred and eighty thousand. The population rose by thirty one thousand people. Wait. Uh rose yeah. by? Yes. Okay people are moving to Naugatuck okay the town's historical roots are in rubber manufacturing
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't know if you knew that or not no it used to be a hub coming in at number nine this is literally where my in-laws are Oxford which is such a beautiful town tucked out in the middle of nowhere.
1: I could have had in-laws from Oxford
0: is that right yeah I could have <laughs> <laughs> uh, my the worst thing about Oxford is is I it, it it's like an hour for me to get there. Yeah. I get off the highway, and there's still like 15 more minutes to get to their house. Right. That drives me nuts. Uh, sale price is up t- uh, 26%.
1: It's beautiful there.
0: The median price is down a touch, yeah. but their median price was already high. It was up uh, around 320 It's right. down to about 315 Population increased by 3.4%. Medium household income is just under $100,000. Nice. Yeah. And then rounding out this list, coming in at number 10, is the town of Putnam. I got a buddy who works at a radio station in Putnam, and he is having the time of his life living and working in Putnam and being involved in the local Putnam political and sports community. I'm very happy for him. Oh, yeah. Uh, The median price is up 1% to $182,000. Population has increased by almost. Ten thousand people. Household median income is fifty two thousand two hundred and twenty four.
1: Um, well, it's great to hear that so many towns in Connecticut are doing so well.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and, and, and some towns that I feel like you wouldn't even normally right. think too much about uh, are, are just absolutely killing it. Yeah, that's that is great because we hear a lot of
1: doom and gloom out there on the Facebook land, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy that these are hard numbers and they look great.
0: Finally, uh, I thought this story was very interesting only because, well, that's not the only reason. <laughs> but in light of the fact that the election is coming up pretty quick, an estimated 38 percent of American home buyers and sellers reported reluctance to move to an area where their views would be in the political minority. hmm. So if you're a conservative, you're not looking to move to a liberal state and vice versa. Americans between the ages of 25 and 34 make up the age group that's least hesitant and actually the most enthusiastic about the prospect of moving to a place where they'd be in the political minority. Those dang kids think they're going to change your mind. right? <laughs> Just 16% of people age 65 or older reported any enthusiasm about being a political minority and if you go on facebook i think you'll see quickly those numbers completely jive out
1: facebook next door (laughs) all those facebook (laughs) groups yeah
0: i again i I, that's something where you know even here if you look in connecticut you know there's democratic towns there's republican towns and it's definitely something uh, where, where you know, when you ask your client what towns they're looking at, you'll probably notice for a lot of people that there'll be certain towns they're interested in and certain towns that aren't, and I think some of that will have to do with local government uh, and just, you know, what is perceived as a red or blue state. Just one more added level of work. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Just oh, one more thing to have to claw through.
1: Things like this, obviously, it's none of our business, um, and I don't want to steer a buyer uh, one way or the other. But, yeah, it's just something, I guess, to have in the back of your mind.
0: Well, I mean, again, they're going to come to you. I mean, if you're like, hey, I got a great opportunity in this big city, I mean, yeah. you know, they may they may pass. Don't push it, I guess is what I'm saying. Right, 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 right. And if your clients are older, you know, just yeah. be sensitive to it. Of course. They might even say something shocking. Don't respond. Just (laughs) nod your head and walk away. That's sometimes (laughs) your best bet. Um, Make sure you follow us on Instagram and on the Facebook. We do have pages there. I beefed Uh, it
1: up a bit this week. I've been doing better.
0: Yeah, it's fun.
1: Yeah. It's fun. Give us a couple likes so that, you know, I know that you're out there.
0: (laughs) Share, subscribe. Yes, all that. You know what you could do, too? You could tag people's names in it, people that you think (laughs) should check that out.
1: I'm, of not, course, yes. okay. I'm not
0: past that. Do that. <laughs> do whatever you got to do. Tag your friends. You can also uh, check us out at ClovercrestMediaGroup.com <laughs> backslash Closing Time Podcast to find all of our previous episodes. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this week's show. For Abby Bro, I'm Joe McGuire. We'll catch you next week on the Closing Time Podcast.